God's so good to us. We're going to let our classes go back, and God bless our Sunday school teachers. And God would anoint them, and God touch our students. They'd have a desire to learn. They'd have a passion. Allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to take a hold of their lives, and somehow by all of us working together, we could inspire them. We could persuade them. Amen. That this is the greatest life to live. That's what it's really all about. That's what light is about, is impacting those around us. Amen. Of this true light and the power of it and the love of it. And as we walk in it, led by it. Amen. God's been so good to us and we're so thankful for that. It's good to see each one of you. House of the Lord today. Come and worship Him, magnify Him. We've got several out for one reason or another, but it's God to just touch and be with them, keep them. Amen. Some will make it back tonight, some tomorrow, and, and things like that. But that's okay. It didn't affect God coming here, that's for sure. It didn't hinder His presence to show up and He to minister unto us and to help us along. But uh, some are sick, so let's keep them in prayer that God would strengthen them and minister unto them and heal them. You know, God, God works, you know, God just works as He wants to work. And uh, I believe this God can miraculously heal us a moment's time. And, and within the hour, you see, sometimes the Scripture says. And, but I believe He also sometimes allows us to go through the process. That, and that's His business. But I also believe that God can pull in two or three weeks of healing. Amen. If He wants to. He can, he can you know, He can speed up that process. And it don't take near as long. It's what prayer can do for us. Believe in God. Coming before Him. We got a powerful lesson this morning for sure. A beautiful lesson. Amen. Um, <laughs> I really hate to put the watch out. And I'm trying not to let that bother me. And uh, I will let you out by 12. I will. And, uh, but, um, man, you should get to digging into the Word of God, and the Word of God begins to dig in you. And, and this is what it's really all about. It's, it's, you know, this is the greatest investment that we can give God. I know He requires of us, and, Ties and offerings and prayers and but I'm gonna tell you something it's more precious than, than that and that's your time your time time is something that nobody can control amen time is something that you choose what you're going to do with that time amen what's going to be the outcome of that time that's invested and you can go to any type of profession you can go to any type of hobbies or whatever and time, a lot of time is the measuring stick that shows how much you care and how much passion and affection you have for whatever that might be. And so the time we give to God, not only here, but yet this is important. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And uh, the power that is created when a body is joined together in unity and the power of God, the Spirit of God, it's no doubt sets an atmosphere for the miraculous. It sets the atmosphere for, for unbelievers to be uh, moved upon and persuaded that they're lost and undone. 
And uh, this is what we want to see happen. This is what we will see take place. So we're here to be saved, aren't we? We're here to be to receive instructions and guidance to finish the course and to stay on course. And um, I'm just as concerned about that this morning. Man in here lately is to stay on course. Praise God, not to find ourselves down some avenue or alley or side road, lured by one thing or another. But oh, we want to stay, amen, where God wants us on the course. And our, our lessons calming the storm. I'm on, I'm going to talk about that some. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm just going to dive off into it and we'll just see what's going to happen here. Calming the storm. Focus first is in 1 Timothy 3 and 16. To really get an understanding of who can calm the storm, you got to have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And so our focus verse is a very powerful and a very important verse. And we're going to talk about it. Amen. But it's in 1 Timothy 3 and 16 that without controversy, uh, you know, what, what? Without controversy, great is what the mystery of godliness. It is a mystery. If you listen to me for just a second, how to attain that, how to walk in it, how to be faithful to it, um, without controversy, without debate, without, there, there, we, we understand huh, that we could live this life without the Holy Ghost. If we try to live it outside the Holy Ghost, then that self-righteousness, and the scripture says, self-righteousness is filthy rags. We can't conform ourselves. In fact, there's some that may conform themselves better than what we do. And they are tired. And their, their humbleness and how they respond to life and circumstances of life. But that self-conformation is not transformed. And so we, we understand what Paul's writings here to a young pastor, Timothy. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to brush it because time would not allow me or we'd be here to 3 or 4 o'clock, I promise you. But to, to get a, a real understanding of this focus verse, to understand what Paul was doing and what Paul was writing because he, he couldn't make it to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. Timothy, the name Timothy, it's, it's, he was a little timid and... He was a little hesitant, no doubt. And he even encouraged Timothy not to let his, his youth age and uh, to intimidate him or for others to use it as a means to be against him. That he was called of God, anointed of God, a very faithful servant from his, from his youth, from a child, from a young lad. Amen. And so God had anointed him and blessed him. And so we see here. Amen. Both Timothy and Titus, they're known as pastoral epistles that are written. And there is a purpose and a reason for this. And because these are the men, and even after the departing of Paul, and, and he was hoping to come. He's hoping to be able to make it to Timothy and visit with, be able to visit him. But until I get there, I'm going to send this letter ahead of me. And I'm going to give you some, some direction. I'm going to lay down some guidelines and some boundaries of, of what's got to take place for the church. 
amen, for the church to be what you want it to be. And so we're going to talk about some of that. And so the, the, without controversy, great is the mystery of godness. It is great. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, but but um, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Jesus Christ, the man, achieved, accomplished these things. And this is what helped gives that sign or that token or the proof of who he was as a man. But yet who he was as God. Man. Jesus Christ was as much God as he was man, as much man as he was God. He was both. He fulfills both roles. And uh, the lesson, and I got a part of it, I'm gonna, or, or the, the writer of the lesson, I'm going to read it to you and how he brings it out. Because um, I, I, I'm just going to say it. It's a very dangerous thing to get tied up and associated in the Trinitarian belief. Because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There's only one God. There's only one God. And I know sometimes they bring it back. And, and, then, and it's how they break down the sonship. And, and they try to co-equal. And, and things of this nature. But there's only one person in the Godhead. There's only one fleshly body in the Godhead. So it's only going to be one throne. It's going to be one that sits on that throne. And we know him by the name of Jesus. But we understand that God, God, God is a spirit. We just sang it. That's omnipresent. That can feel all space and time. All the past, the present, and the future. He's got it all covered already. Amen. That's not all. He covers all the galaxies. He, he's not bound, amen, to just this earth and to one place. No, God. God covers all space and time and area. He, he's there. And the real, important, the real importance of that, amen, does he abide in us. This same God that's so powerful. This same God that can feel all of galaxy and time and space. But the real question is, does he feel us? I mean, this is the only place that he can be rejected. This is the only place that he can be denied. This is only place that evil hearts can stop the power of his glory and the powers of his working. Amen. This reason it's, it's so important to have faith and have genuine faith and sincere faith. Amen. And confidence in God and not in flesh. That's the reason it's so important the teaching and the doctrine of grace and the power of that grace. Amen. That helps us to live what godly lives in what this present world. Not in that one to come. You can't wait till you get a glorified body inspector that live. No, no. And I understand we just got the earnest and we just got the down payment and that's not the fullness of this salvation yet that we're still on that journey amen as, as Adam and Eve and, the, and as it comes through the law and the law amen and then you got the law of sin and then you got the law of the spirit and, and there's a lot to this and you really start digging into it but but truth about God Jesus is God manifested in the flesh truth for life I will put my faith exclusively in Jesus I don't put it nowhere else as a savior as a mediator, we just sung that. We just talked about that. Man, it was his presence that was in this house. It's, he's the one that can heal our bodies. He's the one that can heal our minds. And, 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 and watch it. He's the one that can speak into our storms. And by the power of his voice, stop him in a moment of time. And so, when you look at the title, and you look back at the focus verse, 
And we start looking at Matthew 8 and Mark 4. And we watch the display of Jesus, even leading up to the point of the time of the storm. We're going to see some things unfold. We're going to see a, a power. We're going to see uh, who Jesus Christ, who he really is, and who he wants to be in our lives. Now, if you go back to Matthew 3, just to, just to I want to, I want to, I want to, <laughs> Nail down some things. If you go back to Matthew, I'll just talk about it. Instead of go back and read it all, i just go back to Matthew 3 and 15, 7, justified. Who justified Jesus Christ? You can go back to Matthew 3 and write it down if you want to. 15 to 17, this time of his baptism. Man, he comes to John the Baptist. And, and there John the Baptist said, yeah, i got need to be baptized of you. And he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost because he knew there was one coming after me whose shoes like says, I'm not worthy. Amen. He's going to baptize you both with water and with fire, Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. But, but Jesus said, no, he turns it around. He said, no, i got a need to be baptized of you that all righteousness might be fulfilled. And so you know, even though that um, John was a little hesitant, and, and, but yet he suffered, the Bible says. That means he allowed, amen, for this to be fulfilled. Why? Because Jesus Christ said that all righteousness might be fulfilled because we're going to follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ. This is what the gospel is about. And so when he goes down into that Jordan and he is baptized, amen, the heavens open up. When he comes out of that, the heavens open up and a voice. I want you to catch that. Go back and read the scriptures. Speaks of this man called Jesus that John had already called him the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Speaks, he said, my beloved son, who am well pleased. The voice of God that spoke out of the heavens. We preaching to? No. God. That same God. You know, you got some people thinks, you know, that he, he left heaven. He didn't leave nothing. You got a God again. Remember, a God that fills all time, space, and galaxies. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. He hears every prayer. He knows every thought. He knows every heart. He's God. Now, I know, I know. And you get down to it, just really for our minds to, to wrap around. We do good to carry on one conversation sometimes. That's much two or three. We, we, we say that we multitask, and we try to do it sometimes, but we don't do it as effectively if we just had one task. Get down to it, okay? But not this God. Amen. And so, this is what Paul was talking about. Justified God's voice. Man, so we know he's justified. And so we see and how that he fulfills this. And so now when you go to Timothy's and, and, and you go to 1 Timothy, amen, and you see where it's written there and how Paul is written <clears throat> about him and what's going to unfold. And I'm just going to take a few minutes here with God's help, amen, and, and, and we're going to address a few things. And I'm going to touch just a few topics before we ever get there to help understand what Paul was laying down. Because the church, remember the body, that, that's, that's the focus here. That's what's important. And so he starts out, he greets him, he, he teaches on uh, that there's no other doctrine. And he goes from that and he talks about how God called him and called him into the ministry. And, and there's mercy and grace he found and how he'd done things through ignorance. And, and he goes on from that and he talks about... About praying for all men. Second chapter picks up and talks about praying for all men that we might live what peaceable lives that, that you know, as much as that get can in this world and then this time. And then even from that he moves on and he talks about the adornment amen. As he talks about the saints of God both of men and women amen and how that they are to adorn themselves and uh, how to handle themselves and both that's both uh, outwardly and inwardly. And he addresses that. Now, time won't allow me. And then he talks about 
gifts and qualifications of the bishop. Amen. There's some 18 qualifications of a bishop. Amen. And so there's some things that can disqualify. And so Paul, the, the, our apostle, he begins to write unto us the things that can, can, can disqualify us in, in callings and elections and, and claiming of offices. And, and so if we don't meet these requirements, we become disqualified. And, and so you got to understand, here's Timothy and Titus and them that's, that's trying to start churches and trying to set up elders and trying to set up a, a helps and, and pillars, amen, in the church and in the local assemblies. And, and so there's got to be some, some lines that's got to be drawn. There's got to be uh, some things, that, some doctrines that must be taken heed to and submitted unto and yielded unto. And, and when they, they would come, and, and you go back and read them, I, time won't allow me, but I tell you there's some 18, amen, and there's a report of both within and without him, husband of one wife, and, and, and he couldn't be a filthy looker and, and a, an adulterer. I mean, the list really is really powerful. You go back and look at it. And so the, they must, before they could be a bishop, and a bishop is an overseer, amen, of a local assembly, amen, or a spiritual leader, amen, of a body of followers, amen. And so as we watch this unfold, and it leads us on until we get, amen, to the qualifications even for deacons, amen. They, they might have been, a, you could say, a lower office, amen, at this particular time, deacons that would serve tables and serve in the house of God. And so they still even had qualifications, amen, that they had to, to line up with and submit to and yield to. I tell you, we're living in a world today that most of our spiritual leaders, hallelujah, most of them not even on the right foundation. That's much to match any of these qualifications. And they all think that they're just going to shove it in God's face and God's just going to show up and God's just going to bless and God's going to perform the miracles. But I'm going to tell you what, miracles and wonders and signs, that's notable, amen. They come after Kenji and founded upon the true foundation and true revelation of God and understanding who he is and the power that he's got. And that's the reason it's so important to make sure you and I get the foundation right, which is repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That has not changed. I don't care how modern we get. I don't care how modern Pentecost gets. That's a foundation that no man has the right or the power to change. I don't care who he is. I don't care who his mom is. I don't care who his daddy is. I don't care what his name is. It does not have the authority the power to change. Neither do you and I have the right to change the doctrine of holiness and separation either. So when it goes, talks about those qualifications for deacons even. Then he says these things right. I start the 14th verse. To thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how. Thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. <laughs> That's what that was just all about. How to conduct ourselves. How to be a part and represent the house of God. <laughs> Which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. I know there's a lot of people out there, and first thing I want to tell you, no matter where you go to church, to the true church you're right. To the church that's founded upon the gospels and experience the true plan of salvation. It doesn't matter what assembly you go to. But if you're just saying and using it broad enough to say any gathering or any assembly or anybody that calls themselves a Christian, that is not correct. 
They can judge me for this if they want to. But the book's still the book. And I can't change it, and neither can you. And they can't either. And they can come up with all these excuses that we got our own interpretation. You got yours and all this other. But Peter said, Peter taught us that nobody has a private interpretation. There's not two or three Holy Ghosts. There's not two or three ways for the plan of salvation. There's not two or three ways to go to heaven. There's not two or three. How many arcs was built? How many tabernacles was built? How many hells are there? How many heavens are there? How many opportunities are you going to get to a man to, 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 to arrive at one or the other? I tell you, there's too much oneness in all the other areas. Hey man, anything that's got two heads, we consider it what? A freak. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's just over and over in the natural and also in the spiritual. It's over and over. I'm so thankful for revelation this morning of who God is and His name and the power thereof. Hallelujah. And godliness and godliness and godliness. Because you're going to watch this even at the end of the lesson. It's going to go back to what we've been talking about some on Wednesday nights in Hebrews. The image, image of both earthly and of heavenly. It's very important. It's very important that we so behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. That ground actually is foundation. That's <laughs> what it means. And without controversy, great is the mystery of God. What mystery? It's, it's things that was hidden and all of a sudden being revealed. Things that was brought before for 4,000 years as types and shadows and patterns, but wasn't the genuine or the real thing. When you go back to Moses and the tabernacle plan, you see the, you see the process from God, from God coming down with the idea, I want to dwell with man. And he starts from the inside out, building of the tabernacle. Giving the plan to Moses. He started with the ark. He started with the holies of holies. And worked his way out. But God has to work because he's out. And he's outside. Amen. Without God. And without hope. And without amen, a ticket to go to heaven. And so he's got to come the opposite way. He's got to come. Amen. Start from the outside and make it his way in. And watch this. The tabernacle plan creates and forms when you put it up. The shadow of the cross. God knew what he was doing. And so this mystery of godliness, this thing that was hidden because of the weakness of flesh, the law couldn't do it. The law was a schoolmaster that brought us because we were not known some of these things without it. But now here we are. And so we, we begin, and we know that he was justified. We know this Jesus, this Jesus that he's writing about, writing about here. Amen. We understand, amen, that he was what? Manifested in the flesh. John in 1.14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. As the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Isaiah 7 and 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, amen, shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel simply means God with us. Amen. John 1 and 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the saying was, In the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He makes every storm. 
No storm, amen. Now, now understand something. We create our own storm sometime. But, I, but even in the natural, God allows it. The Bible says he's in the whirlwinds. And you know what? That's the reason I pray, amen, that God would have mercy and grace and compassion. Because I believe in the whirlwind. He can let my house stand when everything else crumbles. I believe in the whirlwind. He can dispatch an angel and make the best of the deal. Hallelujah. You don't have to be in your respect. Or if it is, I believe in the whirlwind. He can lift us up with his presence and with his angelic host, amen, to give us strength and energy and ability, amen, to come and rebuild and re-establish re- re- everything. Hallelujah, the, the mercy and the power of God. We get our strength, amen, from higher up. We get our energy from higher up. Hallelujah. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. What's something that's really on the shelves of our day and time? All shapes and forms and fashions. You didn't see it 25 or 30 years ago. You can get it at any, you can get it at the hardware store. It's called an energy drink. A power aid. A Gatorade. We can get it in little shots. Not at the hardware store. (laughs) But a lot of places. Five hours, eight hours. Let me have more. I have seen those two. Power, energy, ability. I'm not preaching against them. I'm just simply telling you what, what we're looking for, what we, we're trying to obtain, to, to stay with the hustle and the bustle, to stay on course, to, to, to deal with life and the things around life and but you know what? As Holy Ghost feel people, we got the greatest thing there is. Jesus Christ. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there's no greater power than this. Acts 1 and 8 makes it clear to us. And he gave us the Holy Ghost. Not just to miss hell. And not just to go to heaven. He gave us the Holy Ghost. To be witnesses of him. Upon this earth. That's what the Holy Ghost is all about. And so, as we sung that song, Amen. His abiding power. I got to hurry here. And so, we, as we watch this unfold and begin to take place, let me let me go through a few more right quickly. Now, in Him was life, and the life was light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I mentioned the other night about the field. Jesus Christ talked about us, amen, going in and out, going out and back in the field. Watch this. He's a light unto all, to all that are in darkness. The real key to that is, see, darkness comprehended not, didn't grasp it, didn't understand it. So the real key is when you and I hear of Jesus and we hear of light and we hear him as a savior. We hear him as a healer. We hear him as a storm calmer. Amen. We got to believe that and we got to step out of darkness. We got to step out of that realm. You can't stay there and bring in the light. You can't stay. No, there's cakes of stepping out just like Abraham had to step out. Amen. But the voice, how did he do that? Because there was a voice. Amen. That moved. Let me ask you something. How did Adam and Eve know that there was a God? What did they hear in the cool of the day? Where art thou, Adam? 
He didn't see no summertude. He didn't see no likeness. He didn't see absolutely nothing. But he heard a voice. And he was familiar with that voice. Because that voice had visited him many times more. And without hesitation, Adam recognized the voice of God Almighty. Thank God for the voice. And so today, today, as we look at this lesson, can I, can I finish just a couple more minutes? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Galatians 4 and 4, watch this. I'm approving who Jesus is. I'm approving as the Son, as God, God manifesting the flesh. We, we know this, but, but for sake for others, it may not quite. It may be listening. I don't know, but God knows. And, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Man, Brother Phillips preached that. I mean, he's been walking your ad- adoption ship lately. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. And because your sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Amen. Crying out a father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if son, then an heir of God through Christ. This is the same way that Christ attained the name that was greater than the angels. In fact, if you go to Hebrews, you're going to see that he calls on the angels to worship him. I tell you, that hit me like a stunt on a bricks. Amen. The Lucifer likes it or not. He's got to bow down. He's got to worship him. All the angels, even the angelical it's got to worship Jesus Christ. It's going to bow down and serve Jesus Christ. They're going to minister to Jesus Christ. Did you know they come under our power and our authority? Amen. When we call on them through Jesus Christ. So, Romans 1 and 3 says, Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made what of the seed of David, according to the flesh. Now, now. Spiritual. We know the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Prophecy of Isaiah 7 was fulfilled. Joseph knew not until after the birth of Jesus, coming from a virgin, and she was. She knew no man. Go back, you know, come on, we, we, we're adults in here. <laughs> but watch this. But he's also the seed and the flesh from the Mary side. So now he's flesh as much as God. Matthew 1, 23 and 27. Well, uh, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which be interpreted against God with us. And Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him and his wife. And they knew, uh, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son called Jesus Christ. So if you question that, Matthew 1, 23, amen, and 25, I'll cover that if you want to jot that down, amen, to help us understand. So now we understand who, who Paul was writing about, without question, without doubt, by Scripture, amen, who he was. And, and so when we, we begin to look at the, the, the lesson now, calming the storm. I, I'm, not a, I don't, I'm not a know-it-all. I'm not an educated man. But I'm going to say this. I don't agree with the writer of the lesson. They're wrong. I shouldn't have maybe said that, but, but they are. Jesus Christ was not asleep. They did not pick up Jesus and tote and put him in that ship. Matthew 8 and 23. I'm just going to prove it by scripture in case somebody's out there doubting us. Matthew 8, 23. Same, we believe, the same scenario, same setting, Matthew's writing. Now understand something. Each one of these Gospels is written to different people. And so they sometimes, how they write things, 
even in the same, it may not all, they may not, the focus points may not be the same. Okay? Uh, I'll tell you what, I want to be very careful of. Number one, I don't want our imagination, even as apostolics, Pentecostal people, to get too far out there. We still have the warning in the scriptures not to add or take from the word of God. We don't need to paint pictures. God don't just preach the word. If your word won't save them, nothing to save them. Your pretty stories, your fancy stories, your out, out there stories won't save them either. They can't believe the gospel and what the gospel has to say. They can't be saved. And if they don't believe it, they're blinded by the devil and the God of this world. And they don't want to be saved. That's harsh, but it's the truth. And so, well, I'm trying to just be, help me, Lord. So when you look at this in Matthew 8, and, and when he was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. So when he entered the ship, that means he walked in there. Okay? All right. There's another place, Luke 8. Oh, I forgot. It was the same, same, same Luke 8 and 23. And I'm not trying. I'm, I'm going to clear some of this up. Don't, don't worry. I'm going to clear some of this up. Let's start with the 22nd verse. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. <laughs> but as they sailed, he fell asleep. As they sailed, he fell asleep. So Matthew said he walked in the ship. Luke's telling us, hey amen, he fell asleep after he went in the ship. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to be none of that. I just simply don't. Now, now understand me. I understand, amen, but you're going to see why in just a second. Amen. That, that, the, 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 uh, the, that Jesus had reached a point of uh, such a condition that he passed out on the rock and they had to told him, and I just don't see that. Now, he was still flesh. We know that he slept. We know that he hungered. We know that he wept. We know that he felt pain and agony and sorrows. He proved that on the cross. He, he, he wasn't some, neither, neither do we preach that he was some glorified flesh. And that's the reason he lived without sin. Amen. No, he was tempted and he had the same flesh and he had the same likeness and passions and hurt, amen, and tempted just like anybody else. But he did not come under subjection to that temptation. He was God manifested in the flesh, but he didn't have some glorified flesh that it exempt him from pain and agony and the storms and circumstances and situations, amen, and rejection and things of that nature. I'm telling you, yes, he was just as much man, amen, as anybody else, but he was also God because he received the Spirit of God without measure. Hallelujah. But he still was a fleshly man born of a woman. <laughs> he had to go through the process. <laughs> he had to humble himself and yield himself. You read on about Jesus' life. He'd done that. After the tabernacle experience of 12 years of age. From that point, amen, until you read about him until he's 30 years of age. He humbled himself unto his mom and dad and their instructions and guidance. Amen. And he followed them, amen, as much as he possibly could. Hallelujah. Even at times, amen, whenever he went one place, whenever finally the ministry started, if you go back to it, it was his mother. Amen. It looks at him and says, y'all just do what he says and walks off. Now he's trying to tell her it's not my hour. Well, apparently she had a little more insight. Yeah, it is your hour. We're without wine and you're the winemaker. 
I know who you are. I pondered some things. Hallelujah. So that makes me a little hesitant. Even some statements I've heard people write about Mary. Amen. I'm coming to you. It makes me a little hesitant. She knew what she knew how he got here. She knew the miraculous work. She heard, heard the prophecy. Amen. A semen that was spoke over him. She knew what he came and his purpose. Hallelujah. She understood all of that. And so now, since I've kind of got that sort of kind of out of the way. Let's, let's move on to some of this. And I got about 15 minutes. We got plenty of time. We're going to try. But watch this. Do I believe? Yes, I do believe. That there was times of weirdness. I do believe he had to be pushed for time. I do believe that there was times in his ministry, such as when he went to that well. He got those disciples up and said, hey, come on, we got to go. We got, we got a certain place. We got to be there. He was God. He could have said, okay, God, just put us there. Please. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it, did he? <laughs> they had to make it because they had to be there at the noon hour at that well to witness to one particular little lady. <laughs> so, boys, you got to step it up today. We got we to get there. We got a reason to get there. And then I'm going to send you on into town because I can't have you hanging around. You may roll your eyes. <laughs> you may get some looks on your face and distract everything I'm trying to do. Help us, Holy Ghost. God loves us. He's helping us. I promise you. We all got to deal with this. Don't think. No, I have to do. I'm, I'm, I'm in this thing. But anyway, now, what, 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 are you, what are you going from this? What are, you, what are you trying to do? All right, when you go back to Matthew, let's go back. Uh, the eighth chapter. We're going to begin to think, and I ask the Lord to really help me here with some of this. Uh, and, and you watch things begin to unfold. Matthew 8 and Mark 4. It's the same kind settings of, of, of life's ministry, of Jesus' ministry. And what's unfolding and what's leading up even to the point, amen, of him getting into the ship. But I want you to pick up on something. I want you to notice something that begins to happen and begins to take place. Amen. When you look at it, beginning at the very beginning of the chapter, when he, when he was come down from the mountains, great multitudes followed him. We don't deny that. And great multitudes can cause a lot of pressure. Great multitudes have a lot of needs, and they put a lot of pressure on you. We talked about enthroned. A lot of times when they wanted to enthrone him, they would actually crush him. They would come and press against him and push him. And even the time with the little lady with the, with the issue of blood, she touched him. Remember what the disciples said, man, there's a lot of people touching you and pushing and jobbing. Man, man we do our best to keep them off of you. But no, somebody really touched him. There's a difference. But watch this. And behold, there came a leopard and worshipped him. A leopard came and worshipped him first. If you want to get something to God, worship him. Magnify him. Psalm says, everything is God bread. Praise ye the Lord. We should always praise and worship him. But anyway, the leopard worshiped him. Lord, if thy will, thou canst make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Watch what happened. He simply puts forth his hand and touches him and then speaks unto him. The power of the word. The power of the spoken word. We know this by creation. You can go back to Psalms. The creator himself, that God spoke it. Let there be light. Huh. It don't take near as much energy. It don't take near as much effort. Hmm. It's just speaking it. 
So you watch this. Let's go to the centurion, the next one in line. He entered Capernaum. There was a centurion beseeching him. Notice he was searching. He was trying to find him. We have created a, a, I want to be careful here. I'm not trying to be ugly. The Lord knows I'm not. But if we're not careful with all the foods and restaurants and the way business works and everybody wants to be served, we don't even want to get out of our vehicle. Everybody wants to be waited on and do little or no effort. I'm not against it. I'm just telling you, these things affect us, and they affect us spiritually. Okay? Why do you think this easy believing stuff has got such a hold? Because most people just want just a little bit of church and a whole lot of this other without being condemned. And Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. But you know what? We got to want to be saved. <laughs> we got to want to be delivered. And not only be saved and delivered, we got to want to be stay out. I want to stay out of the world. I got to move on. And so Jesus saith unto him, I, I will heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come unto my roof. But speak the word only. Wow. Even Jesus was amazed at such faith that this centurion had. Jesus, you ain't got to come and pour a gallon of oil on him. Jesus, you don't have to come and, and shake him and jive him. Jesus, you ain't got to come and speak in some Hebrew. And I know I'm a bit of But Satyria is saying, all you got to do, Jesus, he said, if you'll just speak the word, I believe, because I understand authority. I sit under authority and I have authority. And I know how to use authority. And I also know how to submit unto authority. There's too many people who want to use the authority of the Word of God and God without submitting themselves unto the authority of God and the Word of God. When we don't submit ourselves to God and to the Word of God, it cancels us out. It disqualifies us. And so watch this. The power of the spoke, the voice, the voice, the voice. And so it goes from that. And, and, and time won't allow us, but, but it then goes to Jesus. Amen. Again, to Jesus' mother-in-law. Jesus' mother-in-law. Peter's mother-in-law. Amen. It's dropped down. Peter's mother-in-law. He comes to the house. He comes. Notice when Jesus was coming to the Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand. He just simply goes by. What are you saying? It don't look like Jesus put out a whole lot of energy and effort and... and I'm not totally against this. I get excited about praying too. But gymnastics will never move God. We can strain. We can jump. We can scream. In fact, I see we're bell worshipers. Put on a show. We're not in the show business. And we're not entertaining. Amen. People with carnal minds and carnal spirits and don't want to get involved in the spirit. They just want to watch others worship. Amen. And watch others do. No, we're in this thing. Amen. We're going to worship. We're going to magnify it. But you know what? Our worship is not to entertain anybody or nobody but God and God alone. 
And we can dance in His presence. That's pleasing. We can clap our hands in His presence. That's pleasing. We can worship Him in a manner of way, rolling the floor, all the other. Amen. But it must be unto God and please God, for that's who it's for and what it's about. So, then it gets, the Matthew's writing gets to the place of cause of disciples. And, and again, Jesus saw great multitudes about him. And he gave commandments to depart to the other side. Okay, this great multitude. And this is where the writer talks about it. And they come. They crowd him up. And he, he finally gets his place. And so if you want to, we'll go to Mark 4 now. And, and when you get there, you're going to... Uh, uh, the writer here in the fourth chapter starts because he's teaching, preaching parables. And so now in the boat, he's, he's in the boat. And he's going to teach. He's going to instruct. He's going to give guidance. Now, he had to get some distance. Amen. Because of the people. No doubt everybody wanted that personal conversation. No doubt everybody. So he, he gets in the boat. And so he begins to talk about the, the seed and, and the power of the seed. And he talks about the soil. Amen. And the different types of soil. And he talks about the, the power still in the seed. The seed, man, is the word of God. We know the word of God has the power. Both spoken and written. And when it's, when it's written in our hearts and it's spoken by our lips. Don't ever underestimate the power of the word of God that you speak. Especially under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It will not go out void. It will find its way back. It may take a little while. And it may have to face a bunch of devils. And a bunch of people. Amen. They want to rob you. And hinder it from happening. But it's still going to happen. It's still going to unfold. That's just like the rapture of the church. It doesn't matter how many mockers show up. Doesn't matter how many criticize him. And question his coming. God's going to show up. And amen. We're going to leave here. There's no if and ands and maybes about that. But I'm telling you. The scripture warned us. There's going to be a generation. That's going to say well it's been like this and always been like this and they're going to mock and make light of people and there's going to be some amen that's going to cause them to turn and give up on the journey and so as we watch this he un- and he talks about the, 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 the choke in the word he talks about the stony part no depthness and if you notice he even talks about the good soil pick up on that good soil though the good soil produced what 30 60 and 100 Even good soil don't always produce the same. Quit judging yourself among yourselves. Give your best to God. Quit looking at everybody else and saying, well, I ain't doing as good as so-and-so, or I'm doing better than so-and-so. You ought not be doing as well as somebody, but you ought to be doing better than others. (laughs) Please, God. He's the master. He's the one that knows. He's the one that equips us. He's the one that elected and called us. He's the one that put us in the body. He's the one that put us in the kingdom. He put us in there, amen, to edify the body. He's the one that gives us the gifts and talents and ability. I don't have to sing like everybody else. I don't have to play like everybody else. I don't have to preach like everybody else. I don't have to quote scripture like everybody else. But God, I want to give my best to you. Because that will glorify you. Amen, amen. That will glorify you taking this vessel and use it for your glory and the magnifying of your If that's a 30%, that's all right with me. Somebody's got to be a 30 percenter. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'm going to go on. Man, talks about the candle. Talk about the glory to see the grain, the must see, and all that. And we get to the latter part. Hey, Amen. I'm going to do my best to get you out of here. I'm not going to 
And so at these parables, and, and even here, and the right talks about it after doing all that, and then the disciples are getting said to explain it more. I understand it, it does. Teaching it takes a lot out of you. Much studying, where is the flesh? That's what the Bible says. Preaching. And all. So I'm not downplaying that Jesus was weary. It was a long day. It's a hard day. Let's go back to it now. He was a fleshly man. And no doubt he probably struggled. Maybe like some of you. God help me. I got to get awake. I understand that. Because we run from Dan to Bathsheba. Monday through Saturdays. And guess what? The world's doing its best to take your Sabbath. Did you know that's what the Sabbath was all about with the Israelites? He said you work Monday through Saturday. Monday, Sunday through, we'll put it that way. Sunday through Friday. But you take Saturday off. And you let all your servants be off, your animals be off. Because I want you to take out time to give me knowledge and give praise to me. Because I'm the one that blesses you all those other days. And if I don't put this commandment in your life and show you where to get this rest. You'll just work seven days a week and won't never think about me or have anything to do with me. And they proved that. And if we're not careful, we'll get just as busy and just as occupied. We can't even hardly take off between a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening. I, I'm not being ugly, folks. I'm just telling you what the devil's doing. I'm just telling you what carnality do. I'm just telling you what money and material things are do to us. They'll choke out the word of God. They'll rob us of salvation. And slowly but surely we'll find ourselves and we'll justify it. We, put, we got all kind of oxes in the ditch here. All kind of shapes and forms and fashions. Some of them barks and some anyway. Praise God. I'm, again, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just telling you where we're at. I'm telling you what we're having to deal with. And so we've got to be careful with all this, to get those priorities and keeping them. You know, I mean, come on. When you really think about it, this time has been set aside to come and worship God. I'm not going to let nothing rob me of that. I mean, if it does, I mean, it's got to be something that, that you know, that God's okay with it. Your pastor may okay it, but God may not. Okay, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. Okay, God help us. Okay, here we go. The same day when the, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And that's where he gets that statement, even as he was in the ship. Weary, tired, you know. Uh, they, they, I don't know. I don't know how you, anyway. I'll let you believe what you want to believe. But watch this. But there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. Matthew said the overcoming overflowed. So it was, it was a severe storm. It was a bad storm. The writer talks about the, 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 the words at this, this lake, this body of water, because a man of the snow and the winds off the snow of the mountains and the air down here. And when these two mixings, apparently they did up on that lake, a storm and a storm could come up quickly. And possibly, possibly, I don't know, but maybe Peter and maybe Andrew and John, when he said, let's go to the other side, they could have maybe by what they know and their experience of fishermen. A man could have, could have looked at one another and said, hmm, not too good of a day for that. I've been there. I've, I've seen that. <laughs> Pastor, I'll know about that. <laughs> we'll see you. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. But sometimes you got to walk by faith. You can't walk by sight. 
Your odds are against you, but if you're walking with the voice of God, if you're walking in the will of God, if you're walking in the anointing of God, amen, you can't look for, for convenient times. Amen, there's others in Keno Gripper, he said, at a convenient time. You don't read anywhere in the Bible where he ever come to that place, a convenient time to come back to Paul to get right. If you're looking for a convenient time to get right, it's never going to happen. If you're looking for a convenient time to live for God at a certain age to get that you're going to start living for God, it's not going to happen. Amen, the, better, the best thing to do is start while you're young to seek him and go become full of the Holy Ghost. This is the best thing, the best advice you can give to your children. Amen. Come on, let's get the Holy Ghost. Let's get full of God. Amen. Let's, let's go to the prayer room together. Let's love God together. Let's worship God together. Let's don't let it just be a church thing. And, and, and down at the church down there. No, let's let it be a home thing. Let's let it be a family thing. Because if it happens in the home and in the family, son, you won't stop the power and the explosion of it in this house. But you can't live one life out there and come here and try to live another so here they are, they get in the ship and, and, and there's other little ships with them and there arose a great storm and the wind, the waves beat into the ship so that they was now full, the ship, the ship was full. No doubt you had seasmen, seamen there. They was doing everything within their own powers to save themselves. <laughs> Matthew, no, the tax collector, there's a good possibility he might have been just, you know, he, he'd been like me, sick. I wouldn't have been much help to nobody. <laughs> that stuff will get to you. You can't you, those winds, those waves, they don't work on you. That's what a storm does. In fact, it can get you so sick and disoriented, you don't even know where the, where the, the shore's at. They, they, might have, they might have said something to Matthew about, I wonder if we want to go back to the shore here. What, what direction's the shore? He's like, I can't even get out of this ship because I, I can't even, where's the shore? I mean, I mean seriously, you, you, you've ever been there, you don't understand what I'm talking about. And so the storm, and that's where all storms are. And there's all types of storms. And, and, and there's spiritual storms. There's financial storms. There's physical storms. There, there's, there's the little storms, natural. Hey, man, and we know this. We understand that. But they all work the same. And as they, as they work, you know, to accomplish or achieve things. But it's up to you and I. Because we know the storm maker. We know the one, amen, that uh, can help us along this. And, and so here they are. They said, and, and, and he went to sleep in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillar. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? How many of you believe that God wants you to perish? It's hard to remember that in the storm, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard, to, it's hard, to, it's hard to when, the, when the ship's full of water. Everything's floating around and floating off. Some of that precious stuff there, that wave just took it. I promise you, there's some folks in Florida. Amen. When that water come into the house and they couldn't get in the attic or get on the, get on the roof, reality, we're going to perish. But thank God we have one on board. That's really so important to have the right one on board. We got the right one on board. Now, if he's not on board, to be in trouble. If you got the right one on board, that's what takes the sting of death out. When you got the right one on board, you don't have to. You don't have to respond to the storm like others when they get the report of the sea word. When you got him on board and you know he's on board and you know, Lord, I, I'm doing my best. I just want to live for you. I, I know I've dropped the ball and we, we earthen vessels. Okay. Thank God for his grace that helps us. Okay. Our perfectness, 
a man, you know, if, if there, there's, well, that's a balance act, okay? It really is. You can't be a servant of sin and serve God. But all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, okay? And even after the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there's been times when we've done things, said things, and probably put things before us that we shouldn't have. The biggest problem most of us have is in the mind, or it could be lightened to the heart. How many enjoys everything you think? How many of you think that everything you think God sent it? Sure, you got a shield of faith because you got an adversary, you got an enemy shooting fiery darts. And that's the reason the responsibility lies upon us that shield of faith that must be oiled, that it could quench those fiery darts. That's the reason some things as basic as down to earth, they're a must to live a life that's pleasing to God. If you just all the praying you ever do is when you get here, it's not enough. If all the Bible reading, studying, even preaching of the Word of God is what you get right here, it's not enough. It's not enough. You've got some personal times and personal altars and what's this? Some personal encounters with God. Sometimes he wants to take us right by ourselves and put us on that potter's wheel. And he wants to. Now watch this. Does anybody ever talk to you while you're working? Do you ever talk to what you're working to with? I mean, don't cuss it out. Just, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I mean, come on. You say, hey, come on, baby. Come on. You got to do right this time. Oh, come on, man. Lord, help me. Up, man. Well, God can do the same thing. He can both touch us and speak to us when he gets us on that potter's wheel. How many likes, how many likes having private lines? I know a lot of you don't remember. I remember the party lines. <laughs> but we like that private line, don't we? We like to get in that prayer closet and just open our hearts up, pour ourselves out to God. Sometimes we tell God just how sorry we are. He knows, but he wants us to tell him. Now we drop the ball, but God, you're a merciful God. It's every morning. And, and you know me. You know my heart. You know my intent. I want to live for you. I want truth, God. That's all I'm asking for, God, is truth. For you to show yourself, to you reveal yourself. And sometimes when you begin to seek him, the Bible says the day you seek him with all your heart, you're going to find him. Amen. But storms sometimes will test us to see what we got are just as important what we may not have. That may be more important. Okay? Storms. When you hear of a hurricane that's coming, what do you do? What some of you what did some of you do a few weeks ago? Before they got sold them all out. You went and got a little water. <laughs> I know some of you don't eat sardines, but I promise you two weeks without electricity, two weeks without food, two weeks, you'll slap somebody for it. 
But, but what we do, what, we, we make preparation, don't we? Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Amen. Because there may be a few days that we may have to rely upon that. <laughs> and, and so, she watched this. So he's in the hinder part of the ship. He's asleep on a pillar. Now, the ship, the Bible, here he said it was full. Nothing talks about it, it's over. And, uh, but, but Jesus is asleep. Now, we can connect that to the weariness of the body. Okay. He was probably drained. He was probably wore out. But I believe he was waiting on somebody to come wake him up. I believe he's waiting on somebody. Because you got to remember he was God too. And he knew when he stepped on that ship what storm was coming. He knew exactly what time it was going to show up. He knew exactly how much, how many, if it was a 80, 80 mile an hour wearing or 120. He knew whether or not if it was a category one, two, three, four, five, or topping the list. Nothing can ever catch him by surprise. It doesn't matter if it comes from the devil. And even sometimes from us. He created us. The power to reason, the power of choice. So I want to get on that one. But watch the whole point I'm trying to make here. And so what did he do? He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. This is how Mark put it. Matthew said he spoke to them first. He questioned their faith. He actually kind of rebukes them a little bit. Said, Where's your faith at? You know what I think a lot of it is? I listened to that, Brother Arnold. Coming to the throne of God in a time that you need mercy and grace. The time that you need mercy and grace means that you probably, either you're coming for somebody are you coming for yourself? And so why are you coming? Why you need mercy and grace? The chances are real good, like 99.9% good, <laughs> that you've done something you shouldn't have. And that's not the ideal time to come to the throne of grace. But yet the Hebrew writer says, come boldly. Why? I got confidence in my Father. I got confidence in His mercy and grace and compassion. I got confidence in the name of Jesus. Notice the statement before they went to wake him. And when, while they waken him. Don't you care? How many of you believe that God cares? We all believe that. But sometimes storms can get us. To... Have you ever been driving down the road and run into a storm that you can't even tell where you're at on the road? That you can't see landmarks? You can't see signs. In fact, there's times you just simply pull over. Some puts on emergency lights and some wish they wouldn't. Because <laughs> they can't blind you. But anyway. <laughs> but folks, we're on a journey. We're heading somewhere. And we're going to run into storms. It's going to come. God's going to see to it and the devil's going to see to it. There's going to be whirly storms. There's going to be pitfalls. 
There's going to be circumstances, situations. Some of them's going to be financially. Some of them's going to be spiritually. Some of them's going to be physically. Some of them's going to be doctrines. Some of them's going to be in the house of God, associated with the house of God. Some of them's going to be between you and me. Watch out, preacher. No, I'm going to just tell you like it is. Because he knows if he can get a crawl between us. If he can cause a division or a separation. If we can't seem to get on the same page. Or if we can't seem to look at things the same way. Now James writing says, you know what? Carnality. Flesh. That's where that comes from. It's not from God. Because God's not the author of confusion. So even in the storm. The storm can cause confusion. But God's not the author of confusion. So in the storm, watch this. What's, what, how did Jesus handle the storm? Did he wrestle with it? The voice. He just simply spoke to it. I know we sing the song, and I'm all for it. Let's keep singing it. We tunnel our way through the mountain. But the scripture says to speak to the mountain. Watch him now. Also speak to what? What, what other? Mountain and then sycamore tree. Well, there's a big difference between the two. But you handle both of them the same. By the spoken word. By the voice. It was their approach that Jesus had more problem with. Doubting that he could save them or that he wasn't willing to save them. That's what it is so important when you come up here to get prayer. I'm going to come believe. I'm coming believing that the God that I serve, it's his will to heal me. It's his will. If he doesn't heal me, then he's going to strengthen me. He's going to help me along the journey. I know one thing. He gave me a promise that he wouldn't ever leave me nor forsake me. So knowing that God, knowing that devil, amen, I'm going to have a strength and an energy and a comfort in the midst of this storm. Others, amen, is, is, you know, I'm about at my wit's end. And I get jumped on about this one, but the only real sound that you got is God's word. The only thing that's sure forever settled in the heavens and in the earth is God's word. Your government's going to change. Your situation is going to change. Your family may even change. Your suitable help may, may change. And they may even speak words to you as, as, as Job's wife spoke to him. Amen. But you know what? He understood. Amen. Even the condition I'm in. I want you to write it down that everybody will know. Amen. Regardless of where I'm at. My Redeemer. Amen. Liveth. And I'm going to see my Redeemer. Because I know good and well in my heart. Amen. I hadn't done things that wasn't right. And I didn't do things. Amen. To bring this on. But God's got me here. And I don't really know why. And I don't understand now and we know if you get to the 38th chapter of Job amen God begins to put him and begins to question what was you at Job when I created this and when I fashioned that by the power of the word of God there's something about the power of the word of God when you can't stand on nothing else you can stand on the power of his word you can stand on the power of his promises you can stand on amen the benefits amen that comes to the word of God regardless of your feelings regardless of your what you think I'll tell you his word will keep you that's the reason you got to rebuke the devil you got to resist him how you'll do it it is written. I don't need anything else. It's written. That solves the issue. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to fast about it. Yeah, here it is. It's written down. 
Oh my, we serve an awesome God here today. The power of his voice in our lives. Don't ever underestimate the power of his voice. By his word, by the fivefold ministry, by songs, by the still small voice, through your own conscience. God's got ways. You know, we talk about seeing angels, but you know what? We got the Holy Ghost. Got the Holy Ghost to help us. As you stand, I want to read this. This is the part the writer had wrote, and I apologize for not maybe covering all this. I'd love to went to the book of Psalms. Amen. And uh, I believe I will for just a second. Just to, again, give us a little idea of the power. Psalms 89, 8 and 9. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto you, or unto thee, are to thy faithfulness round about thee. Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves there are, thereof arise, thy stillest them. This is what the psalmist is telling us. As he talks about the sea and the power. Go to Psalms 107, 28 and 30. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven, the power. And you and I can only imagine if we'd have been in that boat with them that day. As Jesus stepped out from that hinder part, stepped out on the bow of that ship and said, let there be peace. And immediately, lightning, thundering. Let me ask you, how many of you like, how many of you like bad weather? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about to a certain degree. I'm not talking about of tornadoes and hurricanes. But like, to, how many likes, does anybody ever get out and watch bad weather? Let's be honest, we do. When hurricanes come, you know, it depends on how bad it gets and how long we stay out. <laughs> but we get out there and we like to watch it, man. We like, we like to watch the show. You know, them old big trees. Oh, it's fixing to go. What? Oh. We like to watch lightning at a distance. <laughs> we like the show. I mean, it catches, it catches news attention. Anybody see the lightning? Man, it just horizontally running all over. The, we, we, can't, it's, we like that. Up to a point. But you know what? God likes it sometimes. He likes storms too. He likes to watch storms. And he likes to see what the storms that do either for us or against us. Your school wouldn't be so bad if they didn't have tests. Port cards. You know, just had, you know, five classes of recess and one class of, we'd do good, wouldn't we, baby? Yeah, you watch them go. So, so what, 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 the power, watch this. God can send out mighty tempests for, for, if you don't believe that, ask Jonah. Ask Jonah. It was that tempest, that, that storm that came. That got him back 
where she needed to go to carry the message to thousands of people. So as we, we let, me, let me read this. I know I got you standing. In our age, some people have a difficult time believing that Jesus was God. Many in our day believe he came as a man. They have no trouble believing Jesus was a carpenter, a rabbi, a prophet, even a miracle worker. But they cannot muster the faith to declare he is God. But in the early Christian area, people tended to have a more difficult time believing Jesus was a man. I wonder why. I mean, come on. When he steps out on the bow of that ship and says, let there be peace. And I don't know who all was witnessing this. Some believes that there's a possibility that even that fanatic, that lunatic that was living in the tombs up in the mountains had a bird's eye view of just what took place. I know one thing. When Jesus showed up on the shores, guess who come running? When nobody else did or would. In fact, if you see the miraculous hand of God more than once, they ask him to leave. You got to go, Jesus. We don't understand this power. We don't understand this kind of authority. What manner of man is he? (laughs) Praise God. Many of them believed he was God. And his humanity was just a matter of appearance. But both of these are errors. Gospel accounts such as Mark takes pain to declare that Jesus' humanity was true humanity. And his deity was true deity. We can build a deep relationship with this one true God knowing he has everything his word promises. What a God we serve here today, folks. What a power and presence of the Lord that wants to go with us and help us along this journey. Even in the midst of our storms. I got one last statement I'm going to make to you. Amen. I felt this in the Lord. And I know I didn't get to finish all the lesson. But our God could do one or two things. He can either calm the storm or calm you and I in the storm. What's became a major problem in the world, even in the medical world we're living in today? Mental nerves. Mental nerves. You know what creates that? Storms. Some people, it can be a small storm. <laughs> but when they get through telling it, man, you fix and call out the first responders, you fix it. And you show up, and you're wondering. It's kind of like, you know, my Bobo. <laughs> you think they cut your leg off. <laughs> and when you get there, you have to look for the scratch. <laughs> I ain't been ugly. I'm just. <laughs> we love you. I know my time's up. I hope something's been said here today, really.
that we can just gather in around us into our hearts, our minds, our spirit. That in the storms that God, if you see fit to perform that miraculous, that God thing and just speak to it, that's fine with me. But if not, I'll just be content and satisfied knowing that you're with me to keep me calm. Because God, I'll make a lot better decisions if I'll just stay calm. If I don't lose my cool. If I don't let the circumstance overwhelm me. Amen. I can just make a whole lot better decision. So you help me, God. Help me to stay calm. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Hopefully something was said to encourage you, uplift you. We love you today and appreciate you so much. Come back tonight, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. Brother Ford will be preaching to us. Love you and appreciate you. God bless. Don't, don't forget Fall Festival, the 28th, if I got my dates right, Friday night, the last Friday night of this month. Uh, a list, was a list made? A list is made back here in the back. Amen. Remember, canned drinks, chips, the little small chips, that works a whole lot better. Amen. And different things. A lot of you know what you've been doing. And we appreciate it. Love you. God bless you.